This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU shut out a team in the season opener, came here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium back in 1986. BYU gains 257 yards to Sam Houston's 185. The passing yardage almost even, BYU 145, Sam Houston 147. BYU outrushing Sam Houston 112 to 38. BYU 12 first downs to the Bearcats 11 on third downs. BYU struggled to 5 for 17. The Bearcats struggled to 2 of 14. BYU ran 67 plays. The Bearcats ran 57. BYU 3.8 yards per play to the Bearcats 3.2. We'll head down the field level for player interviews after this. Final score, Bearcats fall to BYU by a score of 14-0 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. BYU 14, Sam Houston, no score. BYU's co-leading tackler tonight, Ben Bywater, joining us on the sideline. Ben, good to have you on tonight. Hey, Ben. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate you having me. All right, uh, pitching a shutout. We talked about how it doesn't happen very often. In fact, you got to go back nine years to find a BYU shutout. you got to go back 11 years to find a shutout against an FBS team. And you got to go back 37 years to find a season-opening shutout. So kudos to you and the D, Ben. I appreciate that. Uh, the boys played hard tonight, so I'm really proud of, you know, the score and you know, what we're able to do out there. All right, Ben, I want to take you back to a play, and I'm hoping that you remember it. You should remember it because it was a critical third down and about two. You had a wide open look up the middle. I saw you Uh, fire off that linebacker position up uh, the middle. I, I want you to walk our listeners through that moment. Is that a read and react, or is that a defensive play call for you to fire that gap? So, yeah, so I had man coverage on the back, and then Obviously, you got a you got a gap, right? So I had the A gap, and then it opened up. I shot it, and you know, I, I I tried getting a bigger piece on him, but I was able to you know chip in on the tackle, and we were able to hold him. So oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was a uh, yeah, definitely definitely part of the scheme. So you know, I tip my hat to Jay Hill. You know, he he's got us in the right position to make big plays. Ben, there will be better nights for the BYU offense. In the meantime, if you don't feel things are going the way they want it to do, what's your guys' mindset as a collective there? Yeah, you know, I, I'm really proud of, you know, what offense was able to do. Obviously not their best night. You know, I'm sure they, there's a lot of plays they left out there that they'd like to get back, you know, us as well on the defensive side. But, you know, that's just that's how football is, right? You're not every night's going to be your best night. So we just got to rally together. You know, it's not pointing fingers. It's, hey, you know, we're, we're playing complimentary football, us and them and special teams. So when all three phases play well and play together, you know, we're in a good spot. So I know they're going to they're going to, you know, improve. I know next week will be a different story. How important was it that you guys come out and show defensively, Ben, and just prove to yourselves and prove to Cougar Nation that the new staff hire and the new personnel is playing really good defense? Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the way the boys played. And, you know, really it's our, our coaches put us in great positions. You know, I, I'm very impressed with how all the whole defensive staff has come in and just really just drilled into our heads, you know, this we can change the game. We can be aggressive. We can do the – we can, you know – put the game in our hands and, and make big plays so really you know jay hill everybody you know justin enna he, he's a linebacker coach for me so he, i you know he's done a great job getting us in the right place all right speaking of big plays your man jay rob made a couple of them maybe we'll talk with him here in a bit but jacob robinson was big for you 
Yeah, J-Rob is the freaking man. He uh, Two pigs, one one-hander, that's that's tough to do. So he's, he does that in practice every day. You know, I'm not really too uh, you know surprised by that. So he's the man. All right, we're going to talk with Jacob next. Ben, thank you for the time tonight. Yes, sir, guys. Thank that's you. Ben. That's Ben Bywater. We're back with Jacob Robinson in a moment on Cougar Post Game Live, brought to you by Big O Tires. Stopped by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. More with Jacob Robinson after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Waystar brings you the Waystar Star of the Game, presented by Waystar. Simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at Waystar.com. And in this 14-0 BYU win over Sam Houston, our Waystar Star of the Game is our next guest on Cougar Post Game Live. He is Jacob Robinson. Jacob, thanks for joining us here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Thank you for having me. Jacob Robinson, two interceptions tonight, and Hans Olsen, these were not garden-variety interceptions. These were outstanding plays. Take it away with J-Rob. Yeah, this is really just exciting. I, okay, so, Jacob, I want to go to that second interception. You walked up and you had a press look. Then you kind of backed off on snap. You read that thing. You batted it with one hand, and you got another hand under it. I'm going to give you just a little bit of truth serum. Was Did that thing touch the ground, or did your right hand really sneak under that ball and get that interception? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I just came up with it, so I just lifted it. Maybe like I catched it or caught it. I'm not really sure, though. Well, you sold it because when you got up, man, it looked like you were holding an Emmy. I, I, seriously, you sold that thing, and I know you're supposed to sell a pick, but but you, you in the, the first pick, take us through the read. You kind of go over the pick and you're able to read that ball. Take us into that first pick. Yeah, so um, I was watching film last night. Um, I seen that they would uh, do a little pick route in the red zone. And um, so, yeah, I saw they wind up in the same exact formation, and he stuttered, came up and chopped his feet, and I knew that he was going out. So, <laughs> so Jacob, when it's time to finally seal the deal with a shutout here, and you know it's getting close, is the defense really mindful of that? Like, once you've gotten the game where you want it to be, is it, okay, we can keep the zero on the board here? Yeah, Coach Hill was just telling us to keep our foot on the gas the whole time, just keep playing, keep the speed up. So we were just doing what he was saying. Okay, how was it in, in the first game with a new defensive coordinator on the field in game one with Jay that way? It was nice. Um, we were getting a lot of pressure. Um, they were throwing the ball up. He didn't really look comfortable back there, so throwing off his back foot a lot. So it was nice. Well, I want you to take us into a couple of other guys. Eddie Heckard had a heck of a big play near the end of that game. I thought Cannon and Garrett stepped up big. Take us out to the rest of the backfield and, and how you feel your whole position group played. Man, they played phenomenal. Um, Eddie's just locked down all the time. Cam's locked down. They'll come up and hit. Um, yeah, we can trust all around the board. We got Slade and Malik back, so we know that we got help over the top if we get beat. A.J. Vongpacham was playing his first game like yourself. He's a former Utah State Aggie. Uh, how does A.J. fit into that backer crew with the defense overall? Oh, he's fitting perfect. Uh, I like being out there. He talks a lot. He, he'll come down and bang someone. So, yeah, it's, it's really nice to have him out there. We talked with Ben about how uh, shutouts are kind of few and far between. No matter what time of year, no matter what type of opponent, it's hard, it's hard to throw a zero out there. Are you mindful of just how hard it is? You've been doing this for a while. Yes, it's, it's very hard, but... I think just trusting our uh, our scheme and everything we can do that every game if we really wanted to. It's got to be fun to look at your jersey and then look at a scoreboard and have it match. <laughs> yes, sir. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's the goal, isn't it? 
Yes, sir. Always. How do it feel to be back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with 59,000 people tonight? Oh, it was great. Um, Off-season was very long, so it was just nice to be back and just playing with my brothers. So you go back to preparations for Southern Utah. You guys kind of hit the ground running. Do you start Saturday, Monday morning? Is that when you get going in Southern Utah preparation? Yeah, we'll start Monday. Um, yeah. Jacob, nicely done tonight. Those are career interceptions, five and six for you. Part of the big shout-out. Congrats and thank you. Big thank game. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, it. Jacob Robinson on Cougar Post Game Live. We're back with more from field level after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Post-game live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. BYU 14, Sam Houston no score. These were the Sam Houston drives tonight. Punt, 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 halftime. Interception, interception, punt, 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 interception. All game. BYU linebacker A.J. Vonpachan joining us for the first time as a Cougar. A.J., Greg and Hands upstairs, how are you? What's up, A.J.? Good, how are you? Very, very well. Well, you got your first game as a BYU Cougar at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and you make a count in a shutout. Your thoughts on the evening? Uh, you know what? We just we just try to come out here and do our job at the end of the day, like like you mentioned. And you know we have many areas of improvement, but uh, you know at the end of the day, when you can hold them to to no points, it's not a bad day at all. Well, this is your first taste of Lavelle Edwards Stadium and Cougar Nation on game day. What'd you think, man, of this crowd and these crazy fans out here? It was truly electric. I mean, I. You know, I've been here one time, you know, as the, as the opposition, but uh, it's definitely a lot better being on the home field, home side of the things. But, uh, no, it just, it just gives a lot of juice, and, uh, you know, the fans are awesome. AJ, in your first game, uh, five tackles, one of them solo, half tackle for loss, and a quarterback hurry, and another former Aggie. We just talked to a moment ago, Jacob Robinson was big time, ended two drives with those picks. Yes, sir. No, he's, he, you know, he came in big. And when we needed him, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's a he's a baller and has been doing that, uh, you know, ever since he was at Utah State. So. Hey, take us into the position group room with Justin Inna and, and just that linebacking core. What type of coach is Justin Inna? What type of energy does he bring? Yeah, no, he's an awesome coach, and he's a big, he's a big reason why I came here. You know, at the end of the day, he's, you know, he's going to hold you to a high standard, and, you know, he pushes us to be, uh, you know, the best that we can be at the end of the day. You worked against this BYU offense for the last month uh, in camp. Uh, what do you think is still in store for this BYU offense once they, once they get their feet under them and, and, uh, and, and get rolling a bit? No, yeah. We, I mean, going against them every day for the past month, I mean, they're amazing. They're one of the best I've played against, and, you know, they got playmakers all over the field. So, you know, I have nothing to worry about. And, you know, even throughout the entirety of the game, there was nothing to worry about. You know, I knew they were going to, you know, keep pushing and, uh, you know, keep pounding. So, A.J., a couple things. I, I like Jay Hill's defense and what he was doing. He brought some interesting corner blitzes, and he definitely brought some pressures. And then I saw you lining up at that dif- defensive edge position in some of those pass plays and trying to get the pressure. When you just – Compare Jay Hill's defense and his aggressiveness to the defenses that you've run. Is there a substantial difference in the way Jay Hill calls a game? Yeah, I would. I would say. I mean, there have been some similarities in defenses that I've played in the past, just in terms of you know a, a huge emphasis in stopping the run and then you know pressuring them when you know they get behind the sticks. But uh, you know he does an amazing job, and, and you know he's a great coach and a great play caller. 
I think the first thing you said, AJ, were some things you're going to work on to improve. What is top of mind right now of things you're going to want to hit and hit hard here going into your next game? Yeah, just cleaning up the little details, you know, across the board. We need to communicate better, I think, on defense and, you know, just make sure everyone's on the same page before snap and, you know, just make sure our, uh, our keys are in play. So, AJ, when I played here, I always had plans. I mean, I, I know it's midnight, but game would wrap up. I put a goose egg on a team. I got big plans. You got big plans tonight or is it home to bed? Nah, I mean, just, just just spend time with my family. You know, they came down for the game, so, you know, just excited to go, you know, see them and then just uh, spend time with them, I guess. All right, AJ, again, uh, your first night uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a game night. How did, it, uh, how did it suit you? It was awesome. You know, it was, uh, you know, more than I expected. You know, everything from the Cougar walk to the to the pregame to the evening of the game, you know, it was awesome. Too, uh, a great experience for sure. Pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Job, Thank you. AJ. Appreciate All right, you. AJ Vonkwachan, our guest on Cougar Post Game Live. And Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you in part by JCW's. If tailgating's not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game, JCW's has mouthwatering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality and a lot of it. More on Cougar Post Game Live after this. Brought to you by Big O Tires on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. It's about midnight along the Wasatch Front, so let's pause. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU 14, Sam Houston 0. Season opening shutout for the first time since 1986. First shutout of any kind since 2014. And the first shout-out against an FBS opponent since 2012. Greg Grubel and Hans Olsen here in the booth. We were joined by Jason Shepard as our scoreboard host tonight. And down on the field all evening long, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell got us interviews with Ben Bywater, Jacob Robinson, and A.J. Vonkpachan. Soon to come, we'll have Kalani Sitake on the headset during the Cougar postgame coaches show. As for right now, some more housekeeping to do, including... The presentation of our Steel Man of the Game Award it is brought to you by Metal Mart, Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, your local metal supplier for over 26 years. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Hans Olsen has the duty of selecting the uh, Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game. And Hans sees the game in a way not all of us do. You know, sometimes we look for eye-popping numbers or athletic interceptions uh, maybe your first two career touchdown rushing game of your Keaton Slovis and uh, hands hands has a uh, a much more focused laser eye on the true intricacies of college football and so hands what do you like for the Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game tonight? By the way, I take these things personal. You know, you, you stack an advertiser on it and I take these things really personal. And this is just ripping my guts out <laughs> because I want to give it to L.J. Martin. I want to give it to the young running back that just came in and caught us all off guard. But I'm going to give it to a guy that didn't get his name called a ton tonight, didn't have a ton of stats, but every time he was asked to hold the edge, he held the edge. I'm giving it to Blake Mangelson. The Mangler. The Mangler. Blake Mangelson, multiple times holding the edge when Sam Houston was trying to get off that five technique and they were trying to hit the outside. Anytime Blake was on the outside shoulder of the tackle, he was getting the press and he was pushing the run back inside. I know he's only credited with three tackles, 
But he made a lot more plays than that when he was asked to be on the field. Plus, I, I just I can see when you know when you're talking about that that toughness. I can see a something in Blake and the way he plays the game. He's just a tough-minded kid. So Blake Mangelson gets my inaugural, my first Steelman Award. The Medal March Steelman of the game goes to Blake Mangelson. Well, fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at papajohns.com on Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location and Monday only. That's Papa John's. Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live continues from Provo after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar Post Game Live. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, to BYU 14, Sam Houston no score. The head coach, head coach of the Sam Houston Bearcats is Casey Keeler. And Coach Keeler spoke to the media moments ago. Let's find out what he said. Coach from there. Right, we'll start with anything, I will. Trevor, just talk to me a little bit about just uh, from the defensive side of things, what you guys were seeing out there tonight. Yeah, um, you know, just kind of going throughout the week and looking at film, like I said, and prepping for this week. Like I said, it's, it's nothing new that we saw. Like everything that, that we see on the field here today, we've seen it all throughout the week. And it's, it's important for us to just make sure we, we handle our assignments. We get, the, we, uh, we get our call and line up and, and play football like we know how to play so we compete. So um, just seeing it out there on the field, like I said, it's nothing new. Just make sure we get lined up and play hard just like we know, know how. From your standpoint, I mean, you know, it was seven at the game for a long time. So, you know, every single time you're going out there, y'all are, y'all are stopped away from potentially being right back in this. What was it like going out there with that mindset? Just real briefly, uh, we'll interrupt this to let you know that, of course, that's not Coach Casey Keeler. It's one of his players. Not sure which player it was, but we'll let this go for a little bit more, and uh, maybe we get Coach Keeler here. Let's let this roll. Uh, I mean, that's I think that's the mindset you need to have, just kind of kind of every drive, every play, every game. Um, like I said, every, every play is important. Every drive is important. And just us, for us as a defense, you know, our job is to get off the field and, and get the ball back to the offense. So regardless of what the circumstance is, our job is to, to get off the field. So that's just kind of our mindset. That's the mindset we got to have every time. Is it playing? Um, kind of along the same lines, Keegan, just, you know, even though y'all weren't getting the results offensively, for a long time it was 7 nothing, and you knew that every single drive was an opportunity. Just talk a little bit about what the mindset, the focus was for you guys on the offensive there side go. going out there. Yeah, I mean, the defense played great. I mean, as an offense, we need to play cleaner, and that starts with me. And so we just got to make the most of our opportunity, and we did it. What were you seeing from BYU defensively? Um, I mean, we saw what we saw on film. You know, we were watching Weber State film because their head coach is now the D.C. here. And, you know, we saw everything else, like, that we saw on film. We just got to capitalize and play cleaner. Any other questions for the players? All right, that was uh, Keegan Shoemaker and one of his teammates. Uh, it could be that Casey Keeler will speak next. We'll take a break. We may hear from both Coach Keeler and Keaton Slovis as we continue with Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live. 
on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU 14, Sam Houston 0 is our final score as advertised. The head coach of Sam Houston, Casey Keeler, is ready to roll. He did speak to the media a few moments ago. We heard from his quarterback, Keegan Shoemaker, and one of his teammates before the break. And here now, this is Coach Casey Keeler after his team gets shut out here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. Yeah, you know, what a great atmosphere. Um, you know, uh, their student section showed up and were loud. And, and, and we played at AM last year, and we got some weather that came in fairly early, but it was louder here. And it's uh, so just a testament to how excited they are to um, get in the Big 12 and the opportunity they have in front of them. And, uh, you know, we're, we knew we were going to get a really good, uh, well-coached football team. And I thought they did a really good job in the portal. Uh, getting, you know, some filling some spots where, where they needed to fill some spots. I think they, they're so well coached. They do such a great job. Um, they're such a great culture here. Um, I'm just so impressed, um, you know, by just the whole program. And uh, it was great, you know, it was great to come and play. I told our players, you know, there's no moral victories. And um, I will handle that situation with uh, the interception that was obviously not an interception. And that's really disappointing when we're looking at a 12-inch screen when we have a 150-inch screen where the play is obviously up there in the 150-inch screen. So i got got to figure that out. We've got to figure that out because that just makes no sense at all. Uh, 150-foot screen up there and like a little 12-inch screen down here, and that screen shows one thing. And my, what I was told was that the conference had to move on, and that's disappointing because obviously we're not in their conference. That's their conference making that decision. And, you know, it's a 7 nothing ball game. And, you know, we have a chance to pin them down and, you know, maybe have the ball in the five-yard line. Instead, they're getting the ball, you know, closer to midfield. And so, um, you know, that was a big turning point. But, you know, I mean, we didn't play clean enough to win, you know, and that was the bottom line. I said, if we win on special teams and we play clean, we're going to win this football game. And we didn't. We didn't play clean enough, and we didn't play well, well enough on special teams. So um, there's no moral victories. Yeah, we played hard. It's, that's who we are. You know, that's just what we do. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to have to battle to – you know, get this thing fixed because obviously offensively we can do a better job getting points on the board. So disappointing, um, especially with the fact that there was, you know, that situation that sort of taints some things a little bit. But, you know, not taking that away from the, their, 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 uh, their coaches or the players, not even taking it away from the referees because, quite honestly, it seems like that was a conference decision to move on. Because we were thinking of every possible thing we could do to figure out, like, we all see it right there. How can't we figure out how to, you know, get this thing right? So um, it wasn't on the officials. The officials were told to move on. So obviously someone above them has to figure it out. They actually put them in harm's way because obviously I was pretty irate. And they could understand why I was irate because it's right there on the field. It's right there on this jump, big jumbo truck. It's really beautiful. It's probably pretty expensive. Why don't we use it? So anyway, um, anything else? Questions? Uh, just how do you feel about your defensive I mean, these guys battle. I, mean, I have a good football team, and I thought going in I had a good football team. You know, um, I thought they were going to be improved on defense. I really like the guys they added to their defense. You know, I know they really struggled last year statistically in some of the areas. You know, new D coordinators, a proven guy. He's really good. And I thought uh, those kids played really hard. But if you look at um, – the transfer portal, I thought they really improved their team defensively, and that showed out there today. Um, can you walk me through in the third quarter? You had a promising drive um, intercepted in the end zone, um, and then you had the block take that was 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we were uh, I think we were a hair off sides, and it sounds like we were, and so it was the proper call. We were off sides, and so the block punt didn't didn't uh, I mean the block field goal didn't uh, didn't count, um, and I guess there was a penalty downfield. So um, yeah, that you know it's a shame that could have been a, a big a big turn, but you know I usually stand on line scrimmage. I didn't see that one completely because I was talking about some other things about. If we hold them here, what we're going to do offensively next, and those things, and all of a sudden I see the boom, and I'm pretty excited that you know we might have had a chance to, you know, score there. But you know, my guys did say that we we were definitely offside. So you know, were there any adjustments you guys tried to make second half on the offensive side to try to get something going? Yeah, you know, I mean, we tried to you know play with a little bit more tempo. Um, you know, it just seemed that the game was moving a little bit too fast for us. And I thought their crowd noise was was you know was was hampering us a little bit, and we you know everyone does you know my my legendary coach that is in the Hall of Fame said you can't simulate a football game, you do everything you can to try to simulate a football game. That was really evident early. We did not simulate what what was going on in the stands and the energy, and it was pretty amazing. It's pretty cool uh, to see that. And so it was just like okay, let's just you know take a deep breath. We're going to be okay. Um, but, you know, we just felt we gave them seven because we weren't getting lined up um, quick enough defensively and, uh, you know, just um, we're giving them some opportunities. But huh. good thing is we calmed down. We settled down. And, um, you know, we settled down. I thought we played some really good defense after that. If you look at the number of big plays that got called back because of things that we did, have a guy downfield on a big play. Um, you know, we had a poor call on a – we, we had an outside receiver run a slant route, and the will linebacker grabbed him, and then we threw the ball, and they said that we blocked him. It's like, no, he he was defending our our wideout. So there's a couple of calls out there you just, you know, were biting your lip on. But all in all, um, I think our kids kept on battling, and, you know, again, if we would have played cleaner offensively, I thought we, I think we could have gotten some, some points on the board. All right, that's Casey Keeler, head coach of the Sam Houston Bearcats. His team falls to BYU by a score of 14 nothing tonight. It was the first BYU career start for quarterback Keaton Slovis. And Keaton joins us now from field level. Keaton, Greg Grubel, Hans Olsen upstairs. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Keaton. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's, uh, let's start with this. Uh, you're on the coaches show Tuesday night this past week. And uh, during the interview, I said, hey, you got all these passing touchdowns. Uh, rushing touchdowns. Uh, you were still looking for your first one. And you said, yeah, well, we might have something for you. And then we get two from you. So is this what we're going to expect every game? Uh, it's in the arsenal now, I think that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I didn't want to say too much. But back in my mind, I knew uh, Coach Mitchell and Coach Rod said, hey, this might be the week. They kind of knew, too. I haven't had a rushing touchdown. So they kind of threw it out there. and was like, hey, this might be the week. I think it will be the week. And then first one got in. And the second one, a little less glamorous. But a rushing touchdown is a rushing touchdown. So I won't complain. By the way, you're the first BYU quarterback with multiple rushing touchdowns in a game since Zach Wilson three years ago. So there you go. I'll take that. I uh, Zach's a much better athlete than I am, but hey, I'll take it. Hey, do you give half the second one to Deion Smith because he, he really did push? Or was it Mason? Or Mason, what? yeah. Oh, no, that's the uh, yeah, that's a play. And I mean, I kind of told Mason, hey, dude, like, and we ran in practice this week, and I was like, I really don't have to push myself. You just do the work. Like, I, I'm just along for the ride. And the guys at front did a great job. Uh, and again, Mason kind of said, hey, man, I'll push you in. Just just be along for the ride, secure the ball. And uh, next thing I know, I'm the yard in the end zone is pretty sweet. When so, when he does that, do you feel that? pressure in your back really pushing oh yeah but it's 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 not a, uh, it's not like i'm getting hit it's it's a uh, it's a nice counterbalance we did the first push 
uh, without it. And I, you know, I think after that one, like, all right, we're going to do it with the push this time. And we all kind of knew. I, I kind of told Kawhi, like, hey, we should review that. That last one, I think uh, I got in. He's like, it doesn't matter. We're going to get on this one. I was like, yeah, that's true. So confidence knowing that Mason's back there pushed me is is uh, pretty nice. So so the tush push is, is play design, right? Part of the play design? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a uh, shout out to A-Rod. It's a new one for him. Kind of took it from the Eagles a little bit, but uh, it worked out. Love it. All right. So you go 20 for 33 for a buck 45. Uh, no picks uh, in your first career start. Uh, just your thoughts on, on how you settled in and how the offense performed as a whole tonight. Yeah, obviously we're happy to get the win. Uh, you know, we're not super pleased with our performance as a whole. We expect more and more production, but uh, any game where you, you know, win by 14 points, don't have any turnovers, you got to take it, take it. Um, and I think, too, um, you know, we hit a few of those down the shots. Maybe uh, we clamped some of the penalties, and um, we feel a little bit better about some of those drive killers, and uh, we're looking to clean it up next week. Yeah, Keaton, take us into some of those pre-snap movements that seemed a little disorganized and even led to a timeout with six seconds into the, the second half. What was happening in those motions that was taking so much time to get settled and snap? Uh, yeah, a few of them we got to be dialed in. I think, um, you know, signal operation and stuff, the guys were lining up not not correctly, and that's that's on us as players. And if, there was one time we went out, like, out of a you know, change of possession, and the clock was at, like, 10 seconds by the time we got on the field, and we weren't really alerted to that. So I think that was kind of just sometimes how it goes sometimes and uh, kind of unfortunate deal. But uh, that's, again, that's something that, you know, we're, Unfortunately, it happened this week, but we're glad to get cleaned up and kind of have it happen to us this week instead of uh, down the road. And you already hit it, but there were a number of plays that were chain movers that were coming back after penalties. You had some plays that you made that you didn't get to take advantage of. Yeah, it's always frustrating, and uh, third downs are tough enough. And then, you know, we had one third down with the man downfield. We line up wrong on, you know, on the play. It's not on Isaac, and, uh, you know, we, we move the chains, then and we lose the downs. So we didn't get a chance to convert third down. And then after that, it's third and 15, third and 20, third and long, and, again, like, you gotta you gotta put yourself in a better position to succeed on third down, and uh, again, when you, it's hard to do it twice too, especially when you do it the first time you get a penalty. Hey, tell ahead. us tell us about L.J. Martin. Uh, you know, it really caught us all in the booth by surprise. We were expecting Aiden Robbins to go out there and be the punisher, but here comes L.J. Martin and busts off some fantastic runs, showing some power, showing durability. Did you see that coming from L.J.? Oh yeah, I think uh, everyone on the team was kind of ready for it. Uh, he's super impressive, and I think the thing that's most impressive with him is obviously a great runner. You guys saw it tonight, and runs hard and hits his whole hard. He sees it really well. He's just a natural back, and I think for me, he's just done such a great job picking up stuff mentally, uh, pass pro, and uh, you know just understanding what we're trying to do up front and understanding the calls. Usually as a true freshman, especially when you don't come in the spring, that's somewhere somewhere where they kind of struggle. Um, that I've seen at least, and he's he's been a really seems a vet. He seems like he's much older than a true freshman who's just got here in the summer. summer. You didn't have two of your top weapons tonight uh, with Keanu and Cody not playing. How much of a difference do and can those guys make to what you want to get done as a team? Uh, they can do a lot. And, you know, we feel pretty good about the receiver room. We feel pretty deep. Uh, we expect the guys who play today to do, to do uh, you know, a lot for us. And I thought they did at times. Um, but it will be nice to have those guys back. You know, uh, Keanu's like the leading receiver career-wise here that we have. And uh, Cody's obviously a guy who's, who's done so much for the program. So uh, having those guys back will be huge. And, uh, the nice thing, too, is I think we probably could have pushed them this week. I mean, you can ask Coach, but um, we'll, we'll have them back hopefully soon. What are you most eager to get to work on when, when this one gets put to bed? Um, I think just get everything cleaned up as a team. And uh, there are a lot of shots, too, that we took that, you know, we just got to find a way to make it work. And that comes with reps and repetition and chemistry and also down up stuff that, you know, works well. they got to give them some credit, too. They are I think last year they were a top 10 defense in FCS. Obviously, it doesn't get as much pub as FBS football, but um, they're a good team. We've got to give them some credit. But, uh, again, I'm excited for the next week game plan and to, to refine it and 
hopefully have to show up on Saturday. So, Keaton, Sam Houston doesn't log a sack in this game. Um, just as far as sitting in the pocket and how your body feels right now, how did you feel like your protection sat and how did you feel like your guys up front did? I thought they did a great job. Um, you know, it's probably one or two plays that we could clean up a little bit, but uh, that's a play where I can you know, get out of my hand, throw it away, or you know, try to scramble and make a play too. But I thought they did a great job. That's that's a unit I've definitely had a lot of confidence coming into the season. We've got a lot of different players uh, with a lot of experience, and uh, you know, it's come together pretty nicely as a unit. On your first drive of the game tonight, you passed to 10,000 career passing yards. You're the sixth active FBS quarterback to hit 10K+. plus. Was that a meaningful moment for you or a meaningful number to you uh, that now that you're in your fifth year of college football? It is. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. But uh, It was on the chase play that you threw yeah, on the sideline just uh, around, uh, set up the first and goal, I think. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that kind of totally forgot about that number. You guys mentioned that. Uh, you meant, I was mentioned to me in the, uh, on, on the show with Kalani. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's super awesome. And, again, it's just a testament to the guys around me. Like, I threw the ball chase at five yards, and he takes it for 30-yard completion. So, uh, definitely nothing makes my job easier, but it's pretty cool to look back, and uh, I'm happy that I got to get that number here. Well, uh, la- sorry, la- f- uh, last thing from me, uh, Keaton, then we'll give it to Hands to wrap it up. But uh, you got to be in the in the stadium a few times during camp, and sometimes there were some fans in the stands to give you a little bit of a vibe. But you got a night game on a Saturday night here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, with 59,000 people. Uh, kind of gauge it with the things you've been through as a college quarterback, uh, how good it felt atmosphere-wise tonight. Yeah, that was one of the better atmospheres I've ever been a part of. Um, I was only part of one home sellout, and I was at Pittsburgh against West Virginia. There were a lot of West Virginia fans there in the backyard brawl. Um, so this it felt like a true, like, I don't know if it was a sellout, but it felt like the stadium was full. Uh, we striped it. It looked sick. And uh, I uh, actually had the option to, at the coin toss, Kalani's like, I was like, where do you want to defend? He's like, hey, tell them wherever. And I was like, I'm going to put them close to the rock so we can uh, mm-hmm. make some noise and just be disruptive. And uh, the rock came through. I was proud of that. So, Keaton, you get things wrapped up. You get the big win. What are the plans for the evening? Uh, get some sleep, see my family. The only thing I don't like about these night games, it's a great atmosphere, but it's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty dang late. <laughs> so I'll go to sleep, get some food, and uh, got to probably watch the film until hey. I won't be able to sleep until I watch that. Hey, jump in the car afterwards. Turn on Greg and I. We'll, we'll take you home, man. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, take you home. I'll put you guys on. Thanks, Keaton. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, congrats on win number one. That's Keaton Slovis. We'll come back. The head coach of the Cougars still to come on the Cougar postgame live broadcast from LaVale Edwards Stadium. Stay with us. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Time for the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU defeats Sam Houston by a final score of 14-0. First uh, shutout in a while and first home shutout in a long while. You go back to 1986 for the last home shutout. It was against Utah State, 52-0 back in the day. All right, uh, Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach, is on the headset. Kalani, can you hear us? Maybe not yet. Well, we're not yet there, but we will be momentarily. Uh when Kalani comes on, yeah. Hans, um, well, you, you can you can save your good stuff for, for Kalani, I'm sure. But uh, I think that Kalani kind of sensed, we sensed from Kalani at halftime, that yeah. coming out of the second half, you sensed that he felt he knew what he wanted to do, and you think a lot of it got done. I do, yeah. It, now, not right out of the gates, because it was uh, 
interesting start to the second half, but I do feel like middle to end of the third quarter, things settled down. The formations kind of settled down. They started putting it in L.J. Martin's hands, and that felt like more of a Kalani Satake finish to a game. So you could hear the angst in his voice. When he was leaving at halftime, he was not real happy with some of the motions and some of the things that were happening, delay of games and not being set and ready for the ball to snap. But it was apparent that that started to get squared away again middle to end of the third quarter. So I'm sure he's pleased with that. Greg Rubel, Hans Olsen here in the broadcast booth. Kalani Sitaki will be joining us from his locker room area. Kalani, can you hear us? Well, we think he's there. Is it, is it, is it oh, on? There we got there you. Right. Kalani, can you hear us okay? Yep, got you. There we go. Good stuff. Well, Kalani, congratulations on a seventh season opening win and your eighth game as BYU head coach. Thank you. It wasn't pretty, but uh, for the defensive guys, it was really pretty, you know, but the... Uh, I'm just glad we got the win. I thought we had, I, like, I don't know if you heard the press conference. I just no, we did not. Yeah, I just I felt like we had way too many long faces in the locker room, uh, which is a good sign that if you win and guys are upset about the way they perform, specifically on the offensive side, that's a good sign that uh, I've seen this offense play much better. So uh, against this defense, they got the shutout. So we, we we need to find some way to to get get back to our our old selves and and. Uh, Luckily, we were able to get the win, and so we, we find, for me, it's like I, I have a lot of trust and belief in our guys. Uh, we just got to find a way to make sure we play more consistently. What long faces? What are we talking about, man? Yeah. Coach, I'm going to go home, and I'm making a shirt. If I'm if I'm on this defense, I'm making a shirt that says 14 nothing, big old zero. You bring in a new defensive coaching staff. You bring in a bunch of new defensive personnel, and – they pitch a shutout, Coach. You you know, I've been a part of a lot of defenses, and I, I haven't seen a lot of shutouts. It's not easy whether it's Sam Houston or any other team. You've got to be really proud with that big zero that was on the scoreboard. Of course, and I, and I, I want to make sure that we praise the guys that did that did it right, you know, and, and that, that's the, uh, the defense played lights out. And they played lights out. I was really pleased with the way they tackled. I mean, the fact that we were so physical – during fall camp and it paid off in the way that we tackled and and uh we used a bunch of different guys even in defensive back but especially at safety i thought they came in and did did a great job at, at um with assignments on football played with great technique um you know I, I can't complain about what they've done I, I think uh for the amount of times that we've we've put them in bad situations and try to get you know uh with the, our offense we punted so many times i'm glad rico flipped the field for us but um, we've got to get things better on our offense. They know that, but I want to make I want to make sure that they uh, are happy with the win. They they obviously can't be happy with their performance, but uh, you got to be happy with the win. And then you know that you can make improvement from week one to week two. And we've seen this offense, like I said before, that have been explosive and may put up a lot of big plays on this defense that just got the shutout tonight. So it, we've had some really good back and forth. I think that. Uh, Obviously, the defense had a, a better showing tonight, which is we're, we're really fortunate that happened. Um, but for your right hands, for, for all the, the new scheme, the new system, the new techniques, uh, and some of the new bodies, I, I thought uh, Jay and his staff did an amazing job. Um, we, we played some for really sure. good special teams, except for the one fake that that I insisted on getting. So, whoops, you know, that, that's a <laughs> – but I'm glad, I'm glad the defense was able to respond. I just like the demeanor and the – 
overall attention that the defense has. It's just a sense of urgency to go make a play. When 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 the fail uh, the failed uh, fake punt happened, I didn't see a bunch of guys like upset about. It. They just got on the field and, and went went ahead and just got the ball back for us. And Jacob Robinson, Eddie Hecker, those guys played great games. Cam Garrett played great games. You know, so all those guys did an amazing job. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, Jay and his boys played well tonight. You know, Ryan Rico's always been one of the best punters in the country, but sometimes he doesn't get enough punts to show up in the averages. And in some way, we hope he doesn't. But on a night like tonight, it's tough to average 53.2 on nine punts. But that's how consistent he was tonight. He was booming. I mean, the long of 65, he had a 64. And he really never gave Sam Houston the short fields they might feel they needed uh, to get back in the game. They did have the fake punt that did give them a short field, but then J-Rob snuffs that out with the pick. Either way, Ryan was exactly the weapon you need him to be as a field position guy. Yeah, and I, I made the mistake last year of saying that we didn't, probably didn't use him enough, and, and I should have never said that, you know. So, that just, yeah, just, so I think we've used them enough now. Game one, one game, that's enough, Ryan. Just take a seat. Let's get let's get more um, more uh, points on the board and get him holding the ball for us on PAT and field goals. But yeah, it's just listen. I, I'm happy we got the win. Now, is there room for improvement? Of course. Right, but but the guys have got to understand that we we've been through some adversity. We can get through it, and we've had some new bodies on the field. Um, we had some guys that hopefully will heal and get ready to go next week. That have a lot of experience for us, um, and I think that's going to really help out. All, all that all, all that taking place will be good for us, and we've had we've had to handle some really uh, tough things. And you know, I, I, our, our our tight end um, Tavatase. He just learned that his father passed away this morning, mm. and we had a really rough time with, you know, obviously him grieving, and we wanted to be there for him. But uh, what a special moment for our team to, to rally around him and and for him to play tonight. You know what I mean? I I, uh, I know that uh, it was kind of an emotional night for the guys, and um, but but you know we've got to find ways to um, to keep relying on loving each other and taking care of each other and and, and making sure that. Um, we perform better, but when it's all said and done, you know we've had we've had to handle some loss, and that's that's okay. We 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 uh, we have this belief that we'll we'll see our family again. Um, you know, the Papinka family obviously losing um, Brady, losing his son uh, 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 Julius, and so yeah. um, that that's that was hard on 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 K-pop, and um, you know that, that's that's some rough things. But um, the human part of us, we want to make sure that these guys know that we're here for them. Football is a fun game and all that, but uh, more than anything, I was I was really happy to see the brotherhood stick together and rally around their guys, and and um, you know we rallied around and got the win. So uh, I think we'll find ways to perform better next week. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to getting. I mean, A Rod and, and Fessy and the group are going to go to work right now, so uh, we got to find ways to get get better. I know that you present uh, game balls um, in the locker room. Did did the did the guys you mentioned tonight? Did they did they factor into to game ball presentations for more than just football? What was that like tonight when you were? Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned Jay Hill, so we highlighted three people: um, Jay Hill, um, Jacob Robinson, and and uh, Ryan Rico. Okay. And uh, I thought those guys played really well. I thought you know L.J. Martin did some really good things too. Um, and then you know taking care of the football, the offense did that. So I was happy that they took care of the football. We didn't give up. Um, you know, didn't give up any turnovers, which is nice. Um, but like I said, the, the uh, I think everybody we're at BYU, so everyone thinks offense first. So there's not a lot of happy people. But but I promise you, we'll get it fixed. Hey, Kalani, how do you 
decipher who's going to get those carries. L.J. Martin ends up with 16 carries. Aiden Robbins has seven carries. How tough is it to make those decisions, and, and what really leads up to that decision? Well, I think when, when L.J. was in the game, is just looking for a spark and, and someone that can do that. And I, I, I Sometimes that, that, that puts too much attention on the guy that's carrying the ball when it's the guys up front blocking that, that could really help us out too. You know, but I think once he he we had some momentum, he was actually seeing the field really well, and and uh, Sam Houston does some unique things on defense, uh, and so I think he was seeing it. He was seeing a lot of the open gaps, and um, and, and the proof is what he did with the, with the ball. You know, he he ran for a lot of yards and took care of the football and was he ran physical. You know, and I think um, I think we have those three guys can run the ball. I think when you have you know, LJ and Aiden and Dion, those guys can run the ball. So it's, sometimes we're going to need it by committee, and sometimes we're going to rally around one guy that we feel has got the hot hand. Um, it's just nice having three guys that we know can play. And, you know, as, as, as soon as we find out how soon Folau, uh, Hinkley, Rapati can get back, we'll, see, we'll, we'll have to evaluate that. But I, I think we have, we have a lot of capable um, guys that can carry the ball. We just need to find ways to get, get big plays from the, from the, the run game as well. And you had some big plays or big play guys in the past game not go for you tonight in Keanu Hill and Cody Epps. Yeah, I mean, those guys have played so many snaps for us, especially Kibo has done so many things for us. He just wasn't feeling it, and neither was Cody in pregame. Um, and then I think I think Cody would have done and Kibo would have played if we not held him out, and we just felt like um, they weren't ready to go. Our, our training room felt like, hey, this is would be putting him at a lot of risk, and um, yeah, so that, I think that was a little bit of a change up, and, and um, having those guys could be helpful. But I thought the guys that played in there did did some really good things too. I thought Darius and and Keelan and, and Isaac did some good things. We just got to keep, we just got to find ways to get consistent. It wasn't when we, it seems like when we're getting momentum, all of a sudden a penalty. Yep. Um, you know, we find ways to shoot ourselves in the foot, and it seems like whenever we're getting things going, then you know we just couldn't couldn't get the good rhythm and and. Um, and that's from the play caller and the coaches and then also the, the, the players on the field. So we need we need more sense of urgency. It's, I think you know, the, the guys are humbled now. You know, they, they realize that, that that stuff was put on film. And the good, the good thing is I know they're better than that. The bad thing is that that was just one of our guaranteed 12 games that, that we could have done better. So that's okay. We, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I feel a lot better figuring it out with a win. No doubt. No no uh, turnovers tonight. Uh, there were the eight penalties for 66 yards. Things to clean up. We'll take a break. We'll come back and some concluding comments with Coach Kalani Sitake as we get to our economics partner's valuable stat of the game as well. On the other side, this is BYU Creamery, Cougar Postgame Coaches Show from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show continues. Visiting with Kalani Sitake, his Cougars defeat Sam Houston by a score of 14 nothing tonight. Uh, Kalani, we share with our audience already all these numbers, but uh, we'll give them to you now, too. Some shutout stats. You want, you're okay for these? Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, last BYU shutout for tonight. Came against Savannah State in 2014. 
That was 64 nothing. So this is, of course, your first shutout as a BYU head coach. Uh, the last FBS team BYU shutout was in Hawaii in 2012, 47 to nothing. And the last season opening shutout came here against Utah State in 1986, 52 to nothing. So it's been 37 years since a season opening shutout, and it came here at home. Hey, Kalani, did you notice none of those were during my time on the defensive <laughs> side? <laughs> yeah, the, the shutouts are hard, man. They're hard to get. And, um, yeah, I was really, really pleased. I mean, that Jay's done a great job, and um, being able to take the guys that we have come in and just – I just like the whole overall demeanor that, that that they took the field. I just like yeah. it. I like that that kind of a uh, doesn't matter what you do. We're going to find ways to get the ball back and, and, and flip this thing around. And they, it could have been easy any time during that during that the game where they could have just been like, "What? We need some help here." But these guys didn't care. You know, they're they looking for ways to score too. They're just like, "Let's get let's get some turnovers." And I just like I like that overall. I think. Um, Hansi said it before during the break that all those coaches have done an amazing job, and I'm pretty proud of them. Sione Poha with the D tackles and K-pop with the with the ends, Justin Endo with the linebackers, Gennaro with the corners, and Jay's done a great job with the safeties, especially considering not playing with two of our safeties, you know, with yeah. injury. Well, BYU had allowed uh, 20 or more points in 15 straight games uh, coming into tonight. So even even teams like, you know, Southern Utah and FC, they were scoring a little bit. So these are tough to get. Let's get to our uh, Economics Partners Valuable Stat of the Game brought to you by Economics Partners. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. And we're going to go with uh, third down defense tonight, uh, Kalani. Sam Houston was 2 of 14 on third downs, and both third down conversions came on the same drive. And so you were getting off the field more often than not tonight. Yeah, just uh, I, I felt like um, Jay was really on one, man. He, he was feeling it. We talked about the rhythm on the offensive side and how there was a lack of it. Jay had things. He, he, had, he was on top of it. He was focused. He knew when to bring pressure, when to drop in zones, when to play man when to do a different zone pressure. I mean, he was on on it. And, and uh, I liked that when I saw him in the zone. Just didn't have to do anything. He he had it all in control. And, um, man, just, just really proud of the way that they performed and proud of the way that he called the game. I, I was really impressed with it. So back in the playing days, you get done with one of these late games, and you'd go home, and you'd beat your head against the wall, and you couldn't sleep, and then you'd end up watching some TV shows. As a coach... You get done with a game like this, are you able to go home, spin, do you jump back on film, do the coaches jump on film, like what happens after a game like this with the staff? I promise you all these coaches will have this game watched by the time the sun comes up. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of what coaches do. You just It's never one of those things where you're like, hey, let's just sit on it. For, for me, it's like I want to find out. Was that a PI that I saw? Was that was that a hole that they called that they missed? Was it a face mask that they missed? You know, there's a lot of different things that I want to watch and see. I want to find ways that we can improve. I want to help out our team. So, all those coaches, I'm pretty sure A Rod's on it right now on the film, and I'm sure that whole group's trying to figure it out. I, I, I'm like I said, I, I have a lot of confidence in these guys. Um, obviously, we, they're not happy with the performance on the other side defense is really happy and they should be 
but there's a there's a lot of things that they they know they could do, they could have done better too. We we had a lot of big plays, man, because they, they're doing so many quick throws that I I was I, I was me and Jay were just thinking that a pick six is coming soon. We just could feel it, you know, and uh, the fact that we didn't get it this week. Hopefully, we can get it next week. Well, his corners played good, Kalani. They really did, and. and I, I know they played well in coverage, but, man, they tackled well. That's what I was really excited about. Uh, Jacob Robinson, by the way, his career picks tonight, rather his interceptions tonight were career number five and six for him, and they were exceptional plays he made. Uh, the second one surprised me because I thought it hit the ground, but they reviewed it and gave it to him or kept it with BYU. Two outstanding plays by J-Rob. Yeah, he, he's a big-time playmaker. I, I, I said in the press conference before that a lot of people didn't challenge him much since he's been here but these guys decide to challenge him and, and um you know I, I think he's shown that he's a big playmaker whether he's tackling somebody or or uh, finding a way to make a big play on the interception and his coverage just great coverage all around I, I don't think they they did much on him you know there were some positive things on the offensive side too you get in the late part of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter when you start running downhill you put in lj martin's hands and you start running between tackles a little bit, showing some power. You get down to the goal line, and you power one through. There there were still some good moments um, from this offense. Just looking at your offensive line, Kalani, how would you feel like your five up front played? Yeah, I, that's, I, I had to watch the film, but there's a reason why we didn't do better, you know. And, and I think the, uh, the mistakes that we made, the holding penalties, the – um, I think the illegal chop block that was, I don't think that was on the running back that was on the O-line, but overall man, it's just like, they're way better than this, you know, and we've got to play better than this, so I, I anticipate them fixing uh, the, any of the issues and finding ways to get better and make, make big plays. Hey, how do you get an ineligible receiver downfield on Isaac Rex? <clears throat> uh, I think there was a miscommunication between the ref and, and our receiver. He was saying that that the ref told him he was he was fine as far as being off the ball, but apparently our receiver covered up Isaac, yeah. and so when the ineligible receiver is the first to touch the ball, it's a loss of down situation. So yeah, we did we we made the he had to be covered up. We just didn't think he would be in that situation, but yeah, th- there's no way he should be covered up. And, and I think there was a miscommunication. Was asking the ref, hey, are, are we good to do this or that? You know, and that that was the that was the kind of a, some of the issues there. All right, so you bring in uh, an FCS team next week, and uh, your first objective is go win a football game and, and, and improve in a lot of different areas. What really do you expect and hope to see from your guys in a week from now, Kalani? Improve in all areas, in every every area from the first game. Uh, you can make a lot of improvement from week one to week two. Everybody knows this, and so I like to think that we're a better, uh, a different offense than what showed up to tonight. Uh, other than the guys that took care of the football, right? But the uh, um, defensively, I like to think that uh, we can be even better than what we played because I know Jay's expecting that. And special teams, there's a lot of big plays that we we left on the field that I think we could have made as well. So the goal is to get better. It's not like Southern Utah is easy. I mean, they, they ASU barely beat them 24-21. Yep. So it's not like uh, they're, they're ready for this game. They had some extra time to heal, and, and uh, they played the game, I think, Thursday night. So they, now that we have the film on them, they have the film on us, we've got to go and evaluate it, put this one away, find ways to improve, and then find ways to scout uh, Southern Utah and, and when the T-Birds come to town. Our listeners already heard this tonight, but we'll throw it to you at the end here. Uh, Keaton Slovis had a couple of milestone moments. 
He went over 10,000 career passing yards on that first touchdown drive. And you probably already know that the uh, rushing touchdowns he scored tonight were the first two rushing touchdowns of his career in college. Yeah, I'm surprised that he's played so much football and this was his first touchdown. And then he ended up getting two of them. But I like to see him throw more than, than run. So uh-huh. uh, he's good at throwing the ball. We'll get him back on track and uh, we'll, get our, we'll hopefully get a couple more receivers back. But I, I felt like there were some really good things. We just got to get um, the rhythm going and and that that's uh, stuff on the coaching staff. We can get that fixed. And I have a lot of confidence that, that we'll get the, this thing uh, back on track with our old selves on offense. You know, you put a lot of weight into Ethan Slade coming in at that safety position, taking over for Harper, who's out, and Talon Alfrey, who's out. And I felt like he showed up at times, Kalani. I felt like he, he had a couple of big hits. He set the edge a couple of times, forced pressure back inside to his teammates a couple of times. What do you think of Ethan Slade as he – picked up the torch and tried to fill in for a couple of guys that weren't able to go tonight played really sound football i, I was really pleased with all the safeties and i think ethan um you know tackled well got everything lined up well i mean he just made some really good good plays and um man and then we, we were able to use uh, jay used a, a number of safeties in the game you saw tanner wall was out there i mean obviously malik and, and ethan started the game but uh, Tanner Wall made an appearance. Uh, Crew Wakeley was out on the field as well, and you had uh, Raider Demuter playing. Nice, nice tackle yeah. by Raider tonight. Yeah, so th- these guys. I mean, this is this is a. I like what Jay's doing. I, I feel really good with uh, with the talent that we have and the way he's using him. Man, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to them playing even better. You can, if you can imagine that. And so, um, you know, o- overall, all three phases will get better, and uh, hopefully, have a way better showing next week. Kalani, thank you, and congrats on the season-opening win. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Coach. Hey, the Cougar Nation, thank you for being here. The, the, the atmosphere is electric. You guys do a great job. I want to thank all the fans. Tell them I love them and, and from our, fan, our football family. And we appreciate all you guys. We'll look forward to entertaining them more next week. 59,006 in the stands on a fun Saturday night. Thanks again. That's Kalani Sitake, and that is the BYU Creamery Cougar postgame coaches show. We'll come back with a couple of segments as we return into Big O Tires Cougar postgame live. If you want to drop us a note on the Twitter, you can use a new hashtag this year, hashtag BYUCPL, hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar postgame live. So if you want to chat with us on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL. We'll see what comes through as Hans and I uh, talk it over. BYU 14, Sam Houston nothing is our final score. So we got a couple more segments of Cougar Post Game Live forthcoming. Hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. And we will also give you a skill testing trivia question for yes, it is back. BYU Creamery Inside Scoop Trivia. The winner gets two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. We'll have a trivia question coming up for you at the end of the next segment. The first of two segments to come on Cougar Post Game Live brought to you by Big O Tires. Hashtag BYUCPL on Twitter. We're back with more after this. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. All right, to Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live continues. Hashtag BYUCPL on the Twitter. Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen with you. Uh, only 14 points scored tonight. 14 nothing is your final. Uh, the scoring summary is rather brief. Let's give you how both touchdowns sounded. 
and the Cougars' first touchdown of the game came on the Cougars' first drive of the game. Back in the first quarter, Cougars got the ball with 13-30 remaining in the opening quarter after forcing an opening drive three and out from Sam Houston. And after eight plays and 50 yards, the Cougars ran this play for their first score. Two wides to the right with a tight end right. Slovis gun with Robbins. Pulls it away from Aiden. And Keenan Slovis has his first career rushing touchdown. As the Cougs open on top, 6-0. First drive, first score, and yes, after 68 career passing touchdowns, that's rushing touchdown number one for Keenan Slovis and the Cougs lead. And that was touchdown number one that would stay the lone touchdown of the game for quite a while. In fact, the Cougars would not score again until the fourth quarter. The Cougars got the ball with 4.45 left in the third after an 11-play, 55-yard drive. And for BYU, that was the most plays and most yards. In fact, for both teams, it was the most plays and most yards in any drive. After 11 plays and 55 yards, the Cougars got close, and Keaton Slovis got in again. Triple tight set, another 13 personnel play. Slovis under center. Takes the snap, gets the push, crosses the plane, waiting for the signal, and touchdown! There it is! Keaton Slovis, who had never scored a rushing touchdown in four years of college football, scores two for BYU in his first game as a Cougar. And that was it. 14 points. And that was the final score of 14-0, just like that. Uh, the two PATs, by the way, for Will Farron on this night, his first two points as a BYU Cougar. It is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Hashtag BYUCPL on Twitter. And uh, we have a question via Twitter using hashtag BYUCPL. Why was the ineligible receiver call on BYU a loss of down, but the ineligible receiver call on Sam Houston was not a loss of down? And the difference there was BYU's ineligible receiver touched the ball. And we go to the rule book, and we go to Rule 7, we go to Section 3, we go to Article 11, and we read. That's deep. That is deep. That's why I bring the rule book, my friend. You're going to learn a lot about me over the years. That's, you're going to know that I take this thing everywhere. And uh, it reads, no originally ineligible player while inbounds may intentionally touch a legal forward pass until it has touched an opponent or an official. So the fact that he was the legal guy and he touched the ball, That's that was a loss of down. So there aren't too many loss of down penalties in the rule book. Uh, an illegal scrimmage kick is a loss of down. Illegally handing the ball forwards a loss of down. The planned loose ball play, the old fumble ruski is a loss of down. Intentional grounding. Intentional throwing a backwards pass out of bounds. Intentionally grounding a forward pass. These are loss of down plays. Of course, we mostly talk about intentional grounding, but there's the one, and it came into play tonight. But that's why it was on BYU and not against Sam Houston. And it was a painful moment. That was a really it was, yeah, it, it was, it was a, uh, a rough play. In fact, there were multiple times tonight, we talked about it at the game, where a first down or a big play was taken away by a penalty, and it seemed like most of the penalties tonight for BYU were particularly punitive. All right, my former intern, Jared, has uh, tweeted in using hashtag BYUCPL. By the way, hashtag BYUCPL is the new Twitter handle for our postgame comments on Twitter, CPL for Cougar Postgame Live. Uh, Jared asks, as Mitch Jurgens rejoins the fray, and rejoins the booth. Hello, Mitch. Uh, Jared asks, Hans, on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried should fans be about the offense? 1 is not worried at all, and 10 is DEFCON 1. I think you're probably in that 3 range. 
three and a half, I'm just not overly worried about it. it. There's so many interesting things that go into an opener, especially when you're adding so many new pieces. You know, you're bringing in a Paul Miley. You're bringing in a Waylon Lapuelo. You're bringing in a Keaton Slovis and an Aiden Robbins, and you're even bringing a new kid in in L.J. Martin. And you're trying to bring these guys in and get them in all the motions that they have because Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sataki's offense is it's intricate. It has a lot of moving parts, whether it's H-back motions or it's running back motioning from right side to left side of quarterback. There's a lot of working parts. So you got young guys that are running in working parts. And as Greg has mentioned multiple times, you're without a couple of your veteran receivers that would understand those motions and understand that movement. Aiden will pick those up. L.J. Martin will pick those up. Those motions will calm down. Once they do, the play slows down and your production increases. So I'm not overly concerned. In fact, I expect to see quite a significant step up against Southern Utah. He is Cougar Chaps on Twitter, at Chaplin Schumann, and he chimes in with a couple of things. One of them says this, bright spots, he says. Got the W, BYUD with a zero in Jay Hill's debut. Jacob Robinson, two picks. L.J. Martin, spark on offense. Keaton Slovis' rushing touchdowns. The defense allowed 38 rushing yards. Six TFLs on D. Slovis wasn't sacked. And the D forced three turnovers while the offense committed zero. That's what he says were bright spots. And then he follows that up with a question for hands. And his question is, did the BYU defense over-pursue at times, allowing the QB to gain some significant rush yards? And who has responsibility for the QB's scramble on those plays? Okay, so I, I like this question. Most of the time, Shoemaker was finding any type of room to get out and get some yardage. BYU was getting themselves into a three-man rush. When you get into a three-man rush, it's really difficult to occupy all lanes. When they were dropping eight, rushing three, you could see that Shoemaker was just looking for those moments. And a lot of times in, in those situations, you're at a third and a 11 or a third and 12. You've, you've got some distance that you've got to cover. And you'll give that up because you'll tackle them and force someone on four, three, uh, a fourth and three. And that happened a time or two tonight. So... A lot of times that was on a three-man rush where he was just picking a lane and able to scramble out. But that's that's what design of a third and long defense does sometimes. Okay. Uh, Cougar Chaps with one last uh, contribution uh, wondering about, he said things that were puzzling to him or troubling either way. Um, the Slovis had no passing touchdowns, although he do have, did have the two rushing touchdowns. And by the way, I think it's kind of cool that he never had any, and he got two tonight. I love that. Uh, penalties uh, from Cougar Chap says uh, were an issue. Uh, only 257 in terms of yardage on offense, uh, one for three on fourth down, and then having to punt nine times. And then the punting, by the way, although they had to punt nine times, was outstanding tonight. It's tough to average 53 on nine punts. Uh, those were the concerns from this particular listener, a good friend of ours at Chaplin Schumann. Uh, any, anything trigger you there, uh, yeah. Hans? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things that, that trigger me there. As far as the passing touchdowns, it was really interesting to watch the four wideout formations that they had and how many out routes that they had. You know, you're you're hitting a five-yard mark and you're out. Or you're coming out of that slot position and you're floating to the flats. 
and everything was flipped to the outside outside. I didn't see any seam routes. I didn't see Isaac Rex kind of bump and run on a seam. I didn't see a lot of interior middle crossing routes or quick slants through the middle part of the field. So I don't know why we didn't see more of that, but I would expect to see some of that against Southern Utah. I'd like to see that interior part of the field uh more pushed, more utilized, because it felt like everything was flipped out to the outside. Um, and, and I think that they'll go back and look at that thing. Mm, man, maybe we should work on that a little bit more. Mitchell Jurgens, any thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and we commented on this actually during the broadcast as well. The cornerback play was spectacular on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And, and, we, and we kept seeing that. And, and I think I, I, maybe the third quarter I had mentioned the same thing. Like, I want to see some deep crossers. I want to see some, some action over the middle because it was just hard to get things, it get things rolling outside of the numbers because of how well these cornerbacks were playing. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, that could have also just built their confidence to know, look, they're not going over the middle. I know that if they're going out, it's an out route or it's a vertical, and it's, that's pretty easy to play. I didn't see any double moves. I didn't see any of those things either to potentially open up up a gap um and and so i i they weren't respecting those slow goes or those go routes they they weren't really respecting that so much they were they were sitting underneath and just waiting for those quick flicks because they were yep. right there on top of those those routes yeah so so i'm i'm confident as they go back and watch the film um they're, they're going to see some opportunities to to make some more explosive plays i think that's that's the big thing that was missing how many explosive plays did the BYU offense have today? And, and my guess is very, very few. I know there was one 21-yard rush by L.J. Martin. And a, so the, so the Chase Roberts took a, a, like one of the five-yard outs a couple, couple more yards after that. But how many total explosive plays were there? Yeah, so there was one play of 20-plus yards for BYU. Um, and so in terms of uh, passing plays of 15 or longer, 15 yards or longer, there were two. Uh, Keaton to Chase Roberts for 16, and Keaton to Lassiter for 18. That was it. So no pass plays of 20 yards or greater. Well, if only, I'm, only two pass plays of 15 yards or greater. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, two were two 15 to 20 yard uh, plays were brought back. Came back, yeah. and then on 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 the ground, BYU actually had four rushes of 10 yards or more. It was Aiden for 10, LJ for 12, LJ for 12, and LJ for 21. So those were the big plays tonight for BYU. And, yeah, they, they were normally a bigger play team than they were tonight, uh, undoubtedly. Brian uh, brings up a note. He says, probably need to talk about the effect on the team, not just a player, the effect on the team of a player losing his father today. Kalani brought up, I didn't know until postgame when Kalani brought up that uh, Mata Abataase's father passed away today is what he said. Well, that, right? that followed up Brady Popinga's son. Who's Kelly's nephew. Kelly. Yeah, uh, passing away. Of course, Brady, a former Cougar, and Kelly on the staff. And so, yeah, there, yeah, uh, Kalani brings up a couple of things that were off the field that affect that have to affect anybody who plays the game on the field. That's trauma. And Mitch, I'm sure you went through some of it. We had a player die uh, here at BYU right in the middle of the season, and it was really difficult. You know, you you go through that grieving process together, and you go through a funeral, and it's it's difficult finding out that your father passed. Did he say? That it was just this morning. I thought he said this morning. That he said yes. that, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was yeah. just this morning, and he was out there. Yeah, Th- that's what's incredible. And in the first half, 
he was actually really good. You mentioned him. Yeah, he, he had a couple of poles that, that opened up gaps, and uh, he had um, one lead block. In fact, it was the Keaton Slovis touchdown. Um, Tava opened that touchdown up with a lead block on the outside. He, he took his – he took I can't remember if he picked up a corner or a safety and took him right into the end zone with him. So he played hard for his brothers, and I'm sure that there's a lot of emotion out there. It's it is healing though, it is healing. And I don't know about you, Mitch, but in a football team setting, I would want to be with my team. Yeah. You know, if I lose somebody close to me, I would want to be with my team as much as I can because it, it's consoling. It's those are the guys that you love. Well, and a lot of times too. I mean, you can see that. Obviously, he you know this player was hurting. Um, I mean, that's not that's not easy news to take, but the amount of players that will hurt for that player and it can it can mess with your emotions it can mess with your mentality um, just because of the love that you feel for your brother what he's going through and that can play an effect on on those around him so who knows i mean it, I mean, it seemed like there was you know quite a bit of energy on the sidelines but that stuff's running through your mind running through your brain and and uh it, it can definitely be taxing Stephen Vincent on Twitter, and by the way, thank you, Brian Peterson, for bringing up that that, that was uh, brought up on the post game from Kalani and how it might have affected certain guys. I appreciate that. Stephen Vincent asks, "What do you think of special teams tonight?" He says he thought the punt team looked great when they punted, not when they were running the fake. But uh, Rico punted well, he said, and, and Marcus McKenzie he thought covered really well. Marcus uh, for uh, one of uh, Brian McKenzie's twin sons, right? Yes, yeah. one of his twin sons, and, and he really did. He covered well. Loved seeing him on those special teams plays. The only other negative that I could bring up was Farron kicking it out of bounds. After the touch, after, was it after touchdown number two? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. After the second touchdown, the kickoff out of bounds. Yeah. Kicked it out of bounds, and, and it, he'll go back and he'll beat himself up over that, I'm sure. But that comes back to the 35, and that's a painful starting position when you absolutely shouldn't have that. Just kick it out of the back of the end zone. Kalani took owner, uh, ownership on the fake punt, you know, right out of the gates. Neither of us even had to ask him about yeah, it. Yeah, right. He he came on, and it was self-deprecating, and he said, yeah, geez, those fake punts, those didn't work out. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, so he took ownership on that, and they'll go back, and I'm sure they'll review that. <laughs> I, I don't know if you had a good look at this, Mitch, but that fake punt was supposed to go off the left edge, and the snap came to Rico's right shoulder. Yeah. So when you have to fly back to a right shoulder and catch a snap, and then turn yourself back to the left side to get yourself going downhill. It's that delay. It's the same thing on the Isaac Rex screen pass that we saw. The screen pass should have been to his outside shoulder. It was inside. So by the time he caught the screen pass and turned to run, the defenders were able to converge, and he just couldn't make a play because his back was to it because the ball wasn't in the right place. I think that that had a little bit to do with that fake punt. I don't think it was going to get there anyways. Well, a lot of special teams plays, it's all timing. I mean, you look at someone breaking a kickoff return, at times it's if you're half a second delayed, then, uh, you know, you, you may not make it through the hole. And so the same thing, it's it's all timing and, and going the wrong direction. Not only are you going the wrong direction, you got to now pivot and, and change direction, but you're also making up, you're covering more ground because you're going the opposite way. So it's all timing, and, and definitely if, if that, had that been on the right shoulder, I, I, I still don't know if it would have worked. It, it looked like there was, I mean, that was third and third and forever. Um, so he would have had to, he had to, he would have had to book it for 
a, a good long while. Um, so I'm not sure if it still would have converted, but, uh, you know, makes you wonder. Hashtag BYUCPL. Hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. A lot of people tweeted throughout the night uh, not using the hashtag BYUCPL about how, what they were hearing from Hans throughout the course of the game. So many fans loving what Hans was bringing. And, and during post game, a couple people using the hashtag BYUCPL say, so glad to hear Hans on the broadcast. I love hearing him use his knowledge of explaining things so clearly that only he sees. Right after that, great job on your first game, Hans. This is from Bryant Walker. Wow. Bryant says, I love your analysis and commentary. I knew your parents from my ward at church, and they are some of the nicest people I know, he says. He says, I was also impressed with L.J. Martin. What did you, Hans, see out of him that you liked? That from Bryant Walker on Twitter. Well, we asked Kalani Sataki about it, and Kalani hit it right on the head because I kind of set it up on a tee for him to knock out of the park, asking him, what are you looking for when – you decide to divvy out the reps to L.J. Martin. He said we wanted a spark. L.J. Martin had two runs on the inside where he broke a couple hand tackles and fought for extra yardage. As an offensive lineman or quarterback that's handing that off or a slot receiver that's trying to block on the inside of a nickel so the nickel can't slam down on the gap, it sparks everybody. I want to block harder for you. You're going to run hard like that? I'm going to block harder for you. And you saw that with L.J. Martin. You saw the offensive line started to block just a little bit more. Everybody started to push just a little bit longer because he wasn't going down. And so it was nice just to see the spark from L.J. It was exactly what this team needed. And, Mitch, I don't know what you think on this, but I don't think that that is really representative of how this season is going to go. Because Aiden Robbins, I don't think, is going to be, you know, I don't think L.J. Martin is going to be your your leading carrier um, every game. But it is interesting how he did take the bulk of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that with uh, past BYU running back committees. Um, you know, Hans, you talked about it, playing the hot hand, and, and L.J. had the hot hand tonight. I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but one thing that did st- stood out to me, um, and, uh, you know, Keaton talked about this in his interview, was just speaking to the maturity of a true freshman in L.J. Martin and the ability. I mean, he looked like a seasoned pro out there that was not his first collegiate game. And, and what stuck out to me was the patience. Like a lot of these um, freshman running backs, true freshman running backs, they're all amped up. They're juice. They get the ball and they're running into their own offensive linemen. They're not seeing the holes. They don't have clear vision. Yeah. They've got tunnel vision. It's like I got to make an impact. And how I'm going to do that is I'm just going to go fast and hard downhill and and hopefully things turn out the way that they should. But he was patient, um, which you don't see a lot from these true freshman running backs in their first collegiate games. His number gets called. Um, So I thought that was very impressive. His future is incredibly bright. And whoever, if this is a hot hand thing or if it is L.J. Martin taking over, the one thing we did hear from camp and we saw it today is this guy wasn't a secret to the BYU offense, thinking that, you know, having this guy make an impact, it wasn't surprising to anybody. Everybody was saying it in fall camp that this guy is the real deal. We're, you know, super excited for him. But, yeah, he's going to fall third on the depth chart um, according to the, you know, pregame. Um, just because he is a freshman, but man, he he showed up and, and acted like not a freshman out there. He absolutely did, and I, there are absolutely areas that he can go work on. Greg and I were in the middle of a call, and he'd had 
two good carries, I think, in a row. And then he was asked to help set the pocket. Hmm. And and that didn't go as well. Yeah. He he got taken back on Slovis's lap. And, and he'll learn from that. Just be aggressive up to the line. Make sure you find your target. If you've got to get low on the guy, get low on the guy. Um, but he did get put back on his heels once on one pass pro. But what can you say for the kid to come out and give you nearly 100 yards and answer the call when you really needed somebody to answer the call? That drive that sealed the deal in this game really goes on the back of L.J. Martin. I recommend that you follow the at BYU Game Notes account on Twitter because you learn things like this. BYU's three interceptions tonight defensively are the most in a single game in four years against Utah State back in 2019. You also learned that BYU and Oklahoma were the only two FBS teams to shut out another FBS team in week one. BYU 14-0 and uh, Oklahoma 100 Just say the zero. Yeah. <laughs> Just say yeah, something to nothing. Yeah, I think it ended up being 73 nothing over Arkansas State. Uh, but uh, there you go. BYU and OU uh, pitched the two shutouts this week. This is Big O Tires, Cougar Postgame Live, hashtag BYUCPL on Twitter. Uh, another another shout-out. Uh, you know you know Jake Hatch a little bit, don't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. So so I, I was fortunate enough to work with Jake uh, years and years ago at KSL when, when, when Jake was an intern. And, uh, and Jake wanted to chime in that he thought, he says, I thought my man hand sounded great in his debut with Greg Rubel tonight. Well. So if, if you can impress Jake Hatch. I, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to I paid him a hundred bucks, but you know what? It doesn't. If you can pay Jake Hatch, <laughs> <laughs> Jake Hatch does take money for nice tweets. Uh, I'm just telling you. Okay, before the break, uh, from Luke uh, Hans, and and you know, you know, Hans is already a fixture because people are just saying Hans, yeah. like straight to the man. Uh, how can BYU get Rex more involved? Oh man, I, I, it, it, that is one of the more frustrating aspects of this game because I really thought that Isaac Rex would be one of the centerpieces of this offense in, in tonight's game. And I said to you at one point, it's awkward. The usage is awkward. There was a missed throw to a, uh, an inside shoulder. And, Mitch, I don't know if you had a look at that. It was down here near the 30 or the 25 or the 30-yard line, and it just kind of hit him on the backside as an incomplete pass. It just wasn't the the right placement. That was was that the pi? That was the because uh, he had one that was a pi. Same thing. He was down here, back shoulder. A, a non call? No, it was called. Oh, it was called. Yeah, it it, it might have been, but it just felt like yeah. things were off for timing and usage. And I do know that Sam Houston took their best defender and pressed and bracketed as much as they needed to on him. I I noticed multiple times when he was targeted, he had a guy over the top and he had a guy underneath. So Sam Houston was smart. They're thinking, well, we're going to take this guy out because he's got all the pub, he's got all the records, he's right next to all the, the, the touchdown records. We're going to take this guy out. So they did a really good job keying on him. But when they did try to push to him, it still just didn't feel right. I want to see him used in seams. Yeah, most of them were just the jump ball fades or the jump, you know, the you know, 15, 20-yard back shoulders on the outside. It wasn't yeah. from – he wasn't in a true tight end seam route, you know, 
basics, digs over the middle. Yeah, some of the traditional or the layered routes, you know, where you're moving Keaton Slovis out to the right side on a boot and you layer the routes and have him on a first or second layer where he's just crossing the field as Keaton Slovis is rolling out. How many times have you seen that play? And we just didn't see Isaac Rex used in, in that setting. They did try to use him in a screen, but as I mentioned, the, the ball was thrown in a position where he had to t- flip his body around for the tight end screen, and then he, he by the time he got turned around, it was too late. Isaac, It'll Isaac, get better. Isaac tonight, uh, two catches, 15 yards, long of 12. All right, as we take our final break, let's get you this week's Inside Scoop Trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today, and you'll get two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream if you are the first person in on my Twitter feed with the hashtag BYUCPL with the correct response. There's a lot involved there. you got to be first, got to be correct, and you got to use hashtag BYUCPL to win the ice cream. Again, the first one I get on my feed becomes the winner. And the question is this. Here's the build-up to the question. There's always a preface. There's always a background. There's always a story. Keaton Slovis went over the 10,000 career passing yard mark tonight. He's the sixth active FBS quarterback with 10,000 or more yards. So here's the question. Who are, who are, you have to name all three, who are the three BYU quarterbacks with 10,000 or more career passing yards? Of course, we're not including Keaton Slovis. Hmm. We're only counting his BYU yards. Who are the three BYU quarterbacks who went over 10,000 passing yards at BYU? You have to name all three. The first person to do it using hashtag BYUCPL wins the ice cream on Inside Scoop, Inside Scoop Trivia. Back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post-game live, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. And Mitchell Jurgens, who also joins us now in the broadcast booth in our final segment of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live, hashtag BYUCPL. Didn't take long. Hans was a little surprised at how quickly the correct answers came in. Let's get, first of all, to our our answer to the skill testing trivia question, which was, uh, who are the BYU quarterbacks who passed for 10,000 or more career passing yards? We don't include Keaton, who got there tonight for his career, but he did so with USC and Pitt for most of it. And uh, the correct answer is Ty Detmer, Max Hall, and John Beck. And the first person to answer correctly, and it was a split-second stuff here we're talking about, uh, Stephen Vincent at St. underscore Vincent 77. He is the winner. Stephen, I'll be uh, DMing you, requesting some details so we can get the ice cream to you. The first one on my timeline with the answer was Stephen Vincent with Detmer, Beck, and Hall. Ty Detmer, 15,031. Max Hall, 11,365. John Beck, 11,021. And there were many, 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 many more correct answers that came in, and they all came quickly, but not quite quick enough as we award Stephen Vincent the two gallons, two gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Troy Beagley with a question. His question was, when was the last time BYU shut out an opponent? We've said the answer a few times during the broadcast, but uh, maybe not for Troy's benefit. And the answer there is 2014 against Savannah State, 64 nothing. That was nine years ago. At Coach Scott, was 90. Was that? I was part of that game. And what part did you play? What part did you play in that game? I think I think I had a couple catches and uh, maybe I, I think even a couple punt returns in that game. 
This is Savannah we'd State. To, we'd have to check the box score. Yeah, we probably have to check the box score. We have the technology. We can do this. <laughs> uh, we can rebuild that season. Um, uh, as I'm looking that up, we have Coach Scott at Coach Scott 90 saying, uh, many thanks to Greg and Hans and crew for getting me home after a late game. Hans, he says, did an excellent job tonight. And that is a uh, that is a practically the consensus coming in on the social media tonight. People very pleased, uh, Hans. We haven't really talked about... I feel like my family learned how to use Twitter. <laughs> that's a, that's, I feel like my mom's sitting there like, honey, how do we tweet? And they're just sending nice tweets. Thanks, Mom and Dad. How, how, do, how do things feel tonight? Oh, man, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I thought Mitch was fantastic down on the sidelines. And obviously, your top-end pro made it really easy. Um, I thought it was a really good game for us to start with, actually. I mean, I, I know it didn't work out offensively the way a lot of people had hoped. But I thought that this was the perfect type of game to really start to work into. I was watching uh, TCU earlier today against Colorado. Greg, get ready for me to have zero analysis in that game because it just went too quickly. Holy cow! TCU's at the line so fast. You're blinking, and they're taking another snap. So uh, it was really nice because we had some time to explain and express. And yeah, yeah, but it was a, a lot of fun. By the way, uh, Aaron Roderick was hoping, even with the rule changes and the quicker clock and everything else, he was still hoping to get in around mid sixty-ish plays per game. Guess how many he got in tonight? I felt that it was less than sixty. 67. Oh. UAU got in 67, and uh, Sam Houston got in 57. All right, uh, November 22nd, 2014, BYU 64, Savannah State 0. That was the last shutout. And Mitchell Juergens, with the uh, accurate recollection, uh, Mitch was involved. Uh, one catch for 19 yards. Do you remember the route? I don't. Okay. <laughs> so Mitch, uh, one catch for 19 yards and one punt return for nine. Ah, there it is. Do you have to make a guy miss, or do you remember that one at all? No? I No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I don't remember that one. But the, the game rang a bell. Hey, I th- we had a shit. I mean, at least he at least he had like he did have it was if I'd gone and found that out that you had no catches. Sheet. Yeah, if you'd had no catches I would have I would have yeah. had concerns. We had a shutout in like nineteen ninety seven against San Diego State. How come that didn't pop up on your stat sheet? <laughs> well it just wasn't the most recent one. Well, I, I wonder if I'm misremembering. I, I might be. Could you I, be? I'm pretty sure that we shut out San Diego State, like nineteen ninety seven. In fact, uh I I staged. Well, a not only not only did you not shut out San Diego State, didn't play them that year, so. Oh shoot, ninety eight. Maybe I'm making things. No, it was ninety eight. Good for you. Oh, it was then. Well, no, it wasn't ninety seven. It was ninety eight. Yeah, but but we had a shut a shutout ninety eight. Thirteen nothing. <laughs> See, you know, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you and you shouldn't take any heat. Name. I mean, ninety seven and ninety eight are practically the same year. Hey, but but I also want to say. That's how memorable a shutout is. Yeah. You can't remember your shutouts. I don't even know how I remember that, but I remember thinking, holy cow, we didn't even allow them to score a single stick of point, and our offense was not good, and we needed to make sure they didn't score a single point. Otherwise, we weren't coming out of that game with a win. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is meaningful. That's why when Kalani came on <laughs> and he's like, yeah, there's long faces. I'm like, long faces? What are we talking about? If if I was a part of this defense, I'm at Club Omni right now. 
He did, he did say it was part of the, the offensive long faces. Yeah, he did. Most he, of them. He, he did, and I'm sure the defense is out there partying. <laughs> How great is that, though? Think about that. Yeah. You have to fire your really good friends and guys that you grew up in this business with. You have to let them go and make a change because you're getting into Big 12 football and you know you've got to improve your defense. So you make a bold hire. You go out and hey, big props to BYU. Big props to the front office and BYU to go get the money and to really make the push to Jay Hill to bring him in as a defense coordinator. That's not cheap. That's not a cheap hire. So that tells you BYU is invested to winning. And then Jay goes and he brings the dream team. I called it the dream team from day one. I put out a list of seven hires that I wanted to see BYU make. They made five of the seven with Justin Enna, Kelly Popinga, Siona Puha, Jay Hill, and who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody in there. Oh, Jan Jorgensen. Yeah. Uh, and Jan's, I mean, he's not, he, he's, he's a, 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 he's a, what do they call him, an analyst or a grad assistant? Either way. It's like, yeah, yeah he's on the staff. But he's out there, he's, yeah. wor- you know, he's working with these guys. So they put together an incredible defensive staff that we just saw. This was Kalani Sataki's first shutout. And it was just a new defensive staff that he hired. So. Defensive, defensive analyst, Jan Jorgensen, officially. I want to make sure I get that right for him. He's a defensive analyst. Well, and. Yeah. I that guy is spectacular. By the way, uh, this is not an FCS team. This is a team moving into FBS. They were an FCS program last year, but a national championship FCS program from a couple of years ago. So it's an FBS program. But look at recent FCS games. Utah Tech scored twenty six last year. Uh, the year before that, Idaho State wow. scored fourteen. The year before that, North Alabama scored fourteen. Idaho State got the double digits with, with 10 the year before. So not every FCS team do you just manhandle and keep out of the end zone. It's tough to do. And this was not an FCS team. It's an FBS team that you mm-hmm. shut out. So, again, I think you embrace that opportunity and applaud the effort uh, that, that got it done tonight. Uh, well, Lauren Smith, by the way, a hashtag uh, BYUCPL. Lauren says, thanks for the show and the dr- on the drive home. Lying in bed listening to the end. He says, we never miss a show and we always listen to the end. Uh, so the end is near. Oh, tell them the end is near. Ah, oh, the end is. Let's hey, let's just take this right. <laughs> we'll take this right up to six a.m. I, I don't care. I I love these post game shows. I don't sleep anyways. Might as well have a headset on. I love rehashing things. You know, you did uh, you did a Bam Bam's read earlier tonight. Remember that? Well, you keep bringing up the stinking creamery and midnight hits, and I get out of bed. It's almost automatic. I I get out of bed. I sleep eat, and it's typically ice cream. And every time you say creamery, because you say it, and it sounds like it's like creamery. Mm. And I'm like, man, how good does four or ten scoops or a gallon of ice cream sound right now? Well, I, I, the reason I bring up the Bam Bams read, by the way, you did, you did two excellent food reads tonight. Uh, I bring up Bam Bams because we might be there in a few minutes. They might stay late, stay open late for certain people. Are you being times. I'm being very serious. Well, it's just, been a saying. lot of fun here on the post game show. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying, if I bring that up, you might want to wrap up before six a.m. Oh my gosh, I would love to go in and have some of those swacho. That's where we're headed. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know to save calories, uh, we did get, we did get one final tweet. We're going to drop in before we drop uh, jump off the air here from Chris Butters, and Chris said, "Hey, hey, 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 has BYU ever had two shutouts in a row?" And yeah, the answer is yes. In fact, it happened most recently fifteen years ago. 
UCLA, 59-0. The next week, Wyoming, 44-0. There you go, Chris, just for you. I'm telling you, you were the original AI, No, Greg. I need help. No, you're the original AI. Well, I could just say to you, hey, no, I got to look Greg, it up. I got I to gotta go, go find things. Greg, write me a 10,000-word paper with a thesis and uh, <laughs> five or six references, and it would be – you could outdo a computer. I'm glad you think that. <laughs> You're awesome, man. You're a robot. I love the, it. The, the more you know about me, the 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 the, the less impressed you're going to be. But I, for now, I, I do appreciate the things you think. Uh, that that's definitely not true. But right. but I also wanted to point this out too with the defense yeah. and what they did. They did this against a new offensive coordinator that came out of the Power Five ranks. Brad Cornelson. This is a guy that worked with Virginia Tech. Since 2016, he'd put up multiple 400-yard seasons. And he was part of the Paxton Lynch-Memphis offense before that. Absolutely. So he knows how to score. And he has a kid in Keegan Shoemaker that's got the body, that's got the arm. And this BYU defense did a great job against a Power 5 coordinator that had a solid quarterback. And I can't remember if it was Kalani or if it was you that said, I can't wait to see what Sam Houston does the remainder of the season through Conference USA. I think that's a really good point. Let's take a look at what these Bearcats can do because it felt like their offense is on the right. It's going to get on the right track. That's a better team than what BYU's defense just made them look. So you're uh, full marks for the for the shutout tonight. Full marks, man. I'm telling you. I wouldn't go as far as a tattoo, but I would absolutely knit a sweater that says 14 and 0 on it. Hmm. I'd wear it every Christmas. <laughs> Shiloh on the Twitter says, awesome having hands home where he belongs. My favorite radio guy in the market. Thanks for making the drive home from Provo to North Ogden so great. And uh, he says it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it, and it, and it has kicked <laughs> off for us, has it not? Uh, it has. And uh, appreciate you, Shiloh. Appreciate all the BYU fans out there that have made this so fun. And, and more importantly, Greg, I appreciate you, and I appreciate Mitch uh, letting me in on this broadcast. You guys have already knocked it out of the park. You guys are incredibly professional in what you do, but so much fun to be here with you. I'm just beyond excited to to bring some energy and some insight to the broadcast. And man, some of the games that we've got lined up, headed out to Arkansas, I cannot wait to be in that stadium and watch those Razorbacks. One of my favorite teams in that. It's going to be great environment. Kansas with their quarterback and running back situation. and Oklahoma coming into town and out to Oklahoma State and out to Texas to take on the Longhorns. Guys, it's the Big 12. This is I've got chills thinking about what this season's going to be. And I get to be along on the broadcast, man. I'm just hanging out like I'm a fanboy. I'm just sitting here and listening, fanning out to you and Mitch. Well, there were there were a lot of times tonight where I, I forgot that it was our first game together because you just sounded so good and so smooth and like we've been doing this for a while. So kudos to you in every way. And, Mitch, you're down on the field. Uh, your, your gig didn't change too much tonight except for I will note that we, we, we used you a lot more and a lot quicker to get to player interviews on the field. Love that part of our postgame tonight. Great job in facilitating that. But you're down there. You're here in hand. So what do you think? Man, hands, this this is it's going to be a fun season. Oh, it's going to be say. great. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a fun season. He's a natural. He's a pro. Love the insight. Love the, the, the trenches education is, was awesome. Um, that's obviously a specialty, but I, I think for the listeners, not a lot of us, I mean, we love to see the, the big plays and the, the receivers making 
you know, insane grabs, and we can talk about that all day long. But the the part of the game that I think a lot of listeners just don't understand as well, uh, because it's not as talked about, is the trenches. And and I think for for most listeners, and for me myself as well, I'm learning, and uh, it's fun. It's it's always fun to learn new things. So it's it's going to be a fun year. Well, Ty Nielsen says you got to stay on 45 minutes longer because they got to get to Logan still. But Ooh. we we might we might uh, have to rain check Ty on this one. If Bam Bam's wasn't calling Ty, we'd be here, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, outstanding hands again. Just uh, thrilled to be with you, and, and, and you couldn't have sounded better for game one, and I know it's just going to get better and better. Let's thank our crew everywhere that uh, got this one on the air for us tonight. Uh, we, had, we had Seth Larson, who was our control board operator, main one back at BYU Radio. We had Terry South, who was our coordinating producer. We had all kinds of engineering help back at uh, BYU Radio. And here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, we had Sean O'Neill and Barry Squires engineering things down at Cougar Canyon. We had Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman and Doug Olson and Ben Warner helping to engineer things in the booth. A lot of moving parts here on night number one. They were outstanding in every way. Uh, So much goes on uh, behind me and around me in the course of the game that makes the broadcast sound like it does that uh, I have nothing to do with, and those guys all do. And they do a tremendously difficult job and and make it seem uh, easy. And we're really grateful to them and all their efforts tonight. So thanks to them. Uh, We had our spotter, McKay Perry, our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Uh, Jason Shepard was in down in Cougar Canyon and back up in the booth doing the scoreboard studio stuff. And um, we thank the BYU Athletic Communications crew, John McBride and Duff Tittle and Brett Pine and Kenny Cox and so many others. Am I forgetting anybody, Mitch? Mitch, you've done this long enough with me. Am I missing anybody? Am I hit, hitting all the good people? Um, feels like I, I think I think you're checking the boxes. All right. And since once I get to that point, um, it just leaves the the people on the headset. And so that means Mitchell Jurgens back for another season on this. How many how many seasons is this for you, Mitch? Do you remember? Uh, this is number six, I think. Season six for Mitch on the sidelines, and for Hans Olsen, it's season one and game one. That wraps up at uh, 1.37 in the morning, Mountain Time. That was fast when you're having a good time. After BYU's 14-0 win over Sam Houston. Again, Hans, uh, really love being with you tonight and can't wait to get back on the headset with you next week. Well, let's get these Thunderbirds. Let's see what they're all about. Southern Utah, BYU next Saturday, a 1 o'clock kick, meaning an 11 a.m. pregame. And we'll be talking to you then. So, until that time, my name is Greg Grubel for Hans Olsen saying, in the meantime and in between time. This has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night, good morning from Provo, Utah. So long. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments. By Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU Football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug. Fresh for everyone. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Sports Network.